Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life, if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is Thursday, September 6, 2012, and this is episode 975 of the Survival Podcast. You know what that means? That means we are only 25 episodes away from episode 1000 of the Survival Podcast. Please be part of that episode. If you've made changes in your life since discovering prepping, the Survival Podcast, the forum, any part of this community, uh, give us a call to uh, our number for episode 1000. That's 866-691-5353. Again, 866-691-5353. And I need you to get those calls in probably before September 30th, September 30th or earlier of, uh, of, the, you know, of 2012. Uh, to give me a couple weeks to put everything together, because it looks like the final episode, or the episode one, that final, it's not the final episode, episode 1000 will air around mid, mid-October. A guy sent me a spreadsheet that calculates, uh, when it's most likely to end up happening, and it was really cool, and I think October 14th right now, so I'm gonna make September 30th the deadline for testimonials and calls for episode 1000. I'm gonna make it the deadline for pictures for the Revolution 2.0 video. If you go to today's show notes and click on Be a Part of Episode 1000, you'll get full details about both of those if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about yet, but I'd love you to be part of it. All right, so we've got that kind of knocked out. I just wanted to put that out in the front because we are now only 25 episodes away. And uh, I've got a cool show for you today. Michael Adam, also known as Scout, from the Rifleman Radio Show and the Appleseed Project is returning to TSP. I think this is his third appearance And we're going to talk about Appleseed becoming a rifleman and what it means as an American to be a rifleman um, and what it means for children and women to do the same and what our heritage is. This is going to be an awesome show. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before I do that, though, let's go ahead and take care of our housekeeping. If you usually skip the housekeeping, don't skip today. There's, there's a few things in here you may want to know about. Uh, first up, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsor, sponsor of the day number one today, BulkAmmo.com. Uh, we're going to talk about training today, training with your weapon. Uh, you need ammo to do that. You need lots of ammo to do that. You'll hear Michael at some point talk about how expensive ammo's gotten. Well, the best way I know to combat the expensive ammo is to do two things. One, take up reloading, and two, buy your ammo in bulk. If you want to buy your ammo in bulk, where else would you go but bulk ammo? All the common calibers at great prices with lightning-fast shipping. And uh, remember, if you're an MSB member, they offer a special for orders uh, for, for MSB members as well. So check your benefits section before you order from them. Next up today, MERSRadio.com. Uh, actually, it's M-U-R-S-Radio.com. It's Rob Belleville. He only has a small selection of equipment, primarily MERS gear. And what MERS is, is a unlicensed radio frequency, meaning you just buy it, plug it in, and use it today. Five frequencies and five sub-frequencies, so there's a total of 25 frequencies that you can work with there. And it allows you to combine secondary communications and security through the use of motion detectors on your property. Uh, check it out today, and if you're not sure what you need from there, get in touch with Rob. He's a real person, works really, really hard, and he'll help you figure out what you need for your applications, including saying, oh, look, you want to talk 15 miles between, uh, to, between groups? 
this is not for you. That's a ham application. Uh, he'll tell you the truth about the limitations of those equipment and where it fits in best. Check them out today. I use MERS. I think you should too, especially if you have you know, a multi-acre homestead. It's really ideal for that. A lot of people that go camping and go into remote areas camping use the motion detectors deployed while they're camping for added security and for added wildlife enjoyment because you know, you'll know there's a deer there or something that you otherwise might miss. Or maybe a two-legged rat, if you catch my drift. All right, next up, I want to tell you guys about Hickory, North Carolina. The uh, the long-awaited announcement about the early meet and greet came out yesterday. I just want to read the guest list so far of special guests that are confirmed to be there. Chef Keith Snow from HarvestEating.com. Xavier Hawk from Colony Earth and the Nighthawks. Ron Douglas, who's one of the you know main forces behind Self-Reliance Expo itself. Dr. Bones and or Nurse Amy, they're going to try to be there both, or at least one of them. Uh, what, what Amy told me was pig's feet permitting, and they're always in a scramble to get fresh pig's feet for their suture workshop, and as long as nothing goes wrong there, we'll probably have both of them. Steve Andrews from KnifeKits.com, and I hear tell he's bringing something to give away, so you can win something from KnifeKits.com. Jeff the Berkey Guy Gleason will be there, uh, and Mark Price from Equip to Endure just confirmed, so he'll be there. And I'm uh, waiting on confirmation back from David Kobler, also known as Southern Prepper One, uh, that he'll be there as well. And that'll probably round out the guest list of, uh, of, of, of folks for you guys to meet. Remember, the big thing with this meeting greet is you can meet each other. If you're coming, it would really help out if you have a Facebook account. If you could confirm on the Facebook event page, there's a link in the post I did yesterday to be able to do that. I'll put a link in today's show notes as well. It'll just help us be more prepared for the headcount of, of how many people are coming. I think we had about 50 people confirm they were coming in Arlington. Uh, I think that Hickory's going to be a smaller market. We're probably looking at 50 to 70 people at most showing up. But who knows? It could be bigger. In Arlington, we were prepared for about 50. We had about 200. Um, so we ended up dragging chairs from the other side of the presentation for people to sit down and doing a roundtable Q&A other than a, you know just a, a, a typical meet and greet. And uh, one thing I want you guys to know, you come to this event, after my presentation, there will be an area for us to go hang out in. And I will stay there until I talk to every single one of you and talk to you about what you're doing and spend some time and get to know you guys. Uh, that's why I'm coming to this. I've been asked, what's your booth? I don't have a booth. I'm not coming there to exhibit. I'm not coming there to do anything other than share information with the, with the, the audience uh, of the show itself, uh, to be there to network and to meet you guys. And that's the primary reason that I'm getting on a plane and flying all the way to Hickory, North Carolina, to meet members of this audience. So please, if you want to talk to me, please don't just walk up to me, say hi, and take off and think that you're not, you know, you, you don't want to take up too much of my time. That's why. I'm coming to spend time with you guys and to hopefully be a catalyst so that you folks can meet each other. Okay, next up in the housekeeping, this is kind of a weird one, but I had a guy offer to buy the survivalpodcast.com from me yesterday because they're looking for a survival blog or a preparedness blog with some age on it and some link structure and some domains pointing to it. Something's been around a while. And uh, basically I told them, well, I won't tell you what I told them because I used a bad word. Uh, a word I don't usually use on the air if you want to figure it out for yourself. But he actually seems like an okay guy. And I explained to him, hey, this is not just a blog. This is a podcast. This is my living. And he's like, yeah, that's, we under, I understand. That's not really what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody that maybe has a preparedness blog. Maybe they gave it hell for a year or two. And they just decided blogging's not for them. 
uh, and we want to buy that piece of online real estate. If you have a site that would kind of fit in there, and it, it, it better have, if it's not Blogspot or not WordPress, forget about it. This guy's looking for something like, you know, yourblognname.com. Uh, and wants to kind of basically buy it and take it over and use it for some marketing for a client of his. Um, if you have a blog like that that you'd be interested in possibly selling, email me at jackatthesurvivalpodcast.com with preparedness blog uh, in, the, uh, in the subject line, and I'll put you in touch. And at that point, you guys are on your own. I'm not vouching for this guy. I don't know anything about him other than he contacted me and seemed okay in our communications back and forth. I don't know what he's looking to pay. I don't have any details. Please don't ask me for any. That is all the details that I have. All I'm offering to do for both sides here is put the two of you together and let you work it out from there. And I figure there might be some people out there, like I said, that maybe they gave it hell for a while. They did 40, 50 posts. They just let it go fallow. They're not working it anymore, but it's got links and it's got people, you know, it's got some, some page rank and stuff like that. And maybe you can make some money off of this. The guy said budget is not a problem. So again, it's up to you guys. Once we go from there, uh, because we went long today, I'm going to just cut it there and go ahead and introduce my special guest. Um, Michael Adam, also known as Scout, is just an awesome guy. He is uh, one of the uh, main forces inside the Appleseed Project. He's been doing it for six years, acting as an instructor and spreading the good words about Appleseed through his weekly podcast called The Rifleman Radio Show. It's currently done on Blog Talk Radio. Dot com. Um, he is absolutely one hell of an American patriot. He's been a great friend to the survival podcast in our community. He's constantly told people that have attended Appleseed about TSP. When they say, what's the next step in preparedness now that I've you know, started to up my, uh, my rifle marksmanship? And he's like, go to the survival podcast, get involved with their forums, uh, pay attention to what Jack's saying. So he's been a fundamental part of this community, I would say now for over three years. And with that, it's, it's a great uh, uh, pleasure to introduce him back to you guys once again. He's been on the show twice before, uh, but it was, it's been a long time. It's been over a year since the last time. For those of you who have never heard about Appleseed, I think you're really going to enjoy today's show. For those that have been, I think you're going to enjoy today's show. And I think for those that have been kicking around the idea of going to an Appleseed event, this just might push you off the chair and get you into the field. And with that, hey, Michael, welcome back to the Survival Podcast, man. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you giving me the time to uh, to talk to the folks. And I also really appreciate the time that uh, you and your wife and your whole crew devote uh, to helping people understand uh, the things that they need to do uh, to get through tough situations. There's going to be a boatload of folks that are going to owe you uh, in the near future. I don't think they owe me anything except take care of themselves because the more of us that do that, the better off we're all going to be. Uh, you know know what I mean? That's why it's self-preservation to help others get prepared uh, but we got you on today to talk about uh, the Appleseed Project. And could you start out with just telling people exactly what is the Appleseed Project? Because it's not a bunch of guys running around planting trees, right? It's not. Not, uh, not literally, anyway. The Appleseed Project is a project, uh, the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. And the Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated uh, to teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. The absolute best. There's nobody that does what we do. There's nobody that does it uh, with the 
the level of uh, uh, of experience and with the quality that we do, there's, really, there's nobody that does it at all anymore. We we teach uh, uh, rifle marksmanship courses all across the United States every weekend of the year. It's uh, the brainchild of uh, Jack Daly, <laughs> and uh, he is the uh, he is the owner of Fred's M14 rifle stocks. And uh, you reach out to the news, you can see that he's had a, a page there forever. And uh, and if you if you read uh, Fred's M14 stocks, or if you if you get the uh, Fred's uh, guy become becoming a rifleman. You can read in there that before he thought up of the Appleseed project, that he was uh, he was very worried about the about the way that the nation was headed. Um, in fact, so worried that he even wrote some stories about uh, what he predicted would be uh, Americans having to band together and and, and fight a revolution inside America. But then the the concept of the Appleseed Project came to him, and with that revelation, he decided that we 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 wouldn't have to do that. We could get around that by teaching folks rifle marksmanship, and at the same time, uh, waking them up to the fact that they have a responsibility, a sacred responsibility, to safeguard and protect the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords them. So every weekend of the year. Uh, there is a an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship two-day course. Uh, it's a not uh, nonprofit company, and uh, there's a course within a reasonable driving distance of you. Awesome, awesome. So, like, one of the things that really makes you guys different. There's there's two big things. We'll get to the other one next, but the first one is the type of of training that you guys do. It's very much, as you say. The best marksmanship training you can get, but it's a it's really a pure marksmanship course, and I think that's what makes it so much different. It's not kick a door in and pull out your your nine millimeter and come around a corner. And it's not that there's not value in that training, but it is a pure rifle marksmanship course. Um, what, what do you what do you feel is the biggest reason that people in our audience would really benefit from and want to take that type of training? Okay, well let me say this that. Uh, uh, is that we differentiate uh, instruction and training. You know, training implies giving you something that you're going to use at a later date, and uh, we're not doing that. Like you said, we're a pure uh, instructional organization. And we, what we've done is we've taken 500 years of firearms usage, and we've boiled it down and we've distilled it so that we can impart to you the, the relevant uh, the relevant instruction and the skills and techniques in two days. Uh, so this isn't a uh, uh, this isn't some kind of a, a a program that we we thought up and we devised and we said okay let's uh, let's try it on these folks like a group of space monkeys and see if it works. I mean this is uh, this is. <laughs> the skills and techniques that have been devised uh, have been learned from 500 years. So the the skills and techniques that we're going to teach you are the same things that you would learn 
if uh, if you decided to start shooting and you took it up as a pretty serious uh, uh, hobby or pretty serious venture, and you started hanging around, talking to folks, uh, the stuff that your uncle teaches you, your dad or your grandpa, the stuff you learn at shooting ranges and stuff like that. And after 25 years, you'd say, I think I've just about, uh, I think I've just about got this figured out. Well, what we do, we're going to give it to you in, uh, in two days. We're going to give you that, that information in two days. So that, I think, is one of the things that sets us apart from other organizations. And like you said, it's pure, uh, instruction. There's no, uh, there's no training like, uh, no, we're, we're not, nobody's running around in camo. There's no military stuff, none of that. So that's, uh, that's like our trademark. I think because of that on some levels, it, you guys have a really great reputation with female shooters. I, I've talked to so many women that have attended an apple seed and feel like, well, now I can do this. Now I understand this. And, and they're very proud of what they've accomplished, and they felt very, very comfortable. And, and I'm not saying that females shouldn't go take tactical training. I honestly think they absolutely should. But this is, it's, it's, it's a very soft entry for women, for young people, to get the fundamentals down in a very comfortable environment, is, is what I've been told by every woman I've talked to that's attended. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and well, we started out, uh, we started out a little over six years ago with just men and centerfire rifles and, and it just kind of evolved. And we started thinking that, you know, this doesn't belong to just guys and their centerfire rifles. This really belongs to all Americans. It belongs to women and children. And so we started thinking that way, and then our teaching started to evolve. And at the same time, uh, the price of ammunition skyrocketed, and it became so expensive that it was prohibitive for folks to bring their centerfire rifles and fire five to 600 rounds uh, during the two days that we started uh, – uh, we started teaching around rimfire, and that allowed it to be easier for the children and the women. And not that women can't shoot centerfire as good as men, because I'm telling you, I'm, I, I see it all the time. Absolutely. It allowed the women and children to enter into it. And because of that, we started, we started teaching ourselves how to teach women and children. And I'm telling you, we've got, uh, we've probably got, the absolute best program for introducing uh, women and children or, or brand new shooters, men, uh, to shooting that, that that anybody has. I don't know if anybody's doing what we're doing from the first place, and certainly nobody's doing it the way that we're doing it. Uh, yeah, and right I'm telling you, have, you're, you're making headway with the ladies because I've seen an awful lot of women in my travels with Appleseed T-shirts on. And like I said, every time I talk to them, they just they go into to female chatter mode about how great the event was. And that to me, that's one of the most awesome things to come out of this. And what's cool is to hear how, like, that wasn't even part of the initial seed, so to speak, right? And that just that grew out of this community that you guys have developed. And I just think that's incredible. Yeah. And listen, let me tell you that, uh, that uh, in most cases, if you put a woman down with no experience on shooting, 
And uh, then I put her husband on the other end of the line because usually if there's men and women together, I usually split them up that way. That, you have uh, to. You have to. The, uh, the woman doesn't have to hear the guy say, you're not doing it right. And the guy doesn't have to hear the woman say, shut up. And uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you, at the end of the day, uh, by the end of the next day, guess what? She's shooting better than him. And now he's really, he's really miffed. The reason is, is because guys come into the, that have been shooting, guys come to the program dragging a whole lot of uh, bad information or bad techniques or skills with them. And they are really a lot of times, uh, they're reluctant to let go of it and, uh, and follow the instruction. Women come in and they say, you know what? I don't know a thing about what's getting ready to happen. I think I'm going to listen and follow the advice. And women do that. And, uh, they end up shooting a lot better. Matter of fact, we have hats that we give out to the women, pink hats that say, shoot like a girl if you can. <laughs> that is awesome. And I, I think that there's a lot to be said for that whole mentality. I mean, as, a, as an employer in the past, I often would really prefer to hire employees with background knowledge, but not specific experience on what we were doing, because then they would do whatever the hell they were told the way we were told. And I think one of the best things that anybody going to any type of, of course or training or school or anything, no matter what it's in, needs to understand is, okay, you're going there to learn so just whatever you're asked to do, do with an open mind and an open heart for the period of time that you're there because that's what you've paid for. That's what you've set aside the time for. And I, I think that you know some guys do struggle with that, especially when, it, when they're guys that have shot their whole lives. Right. And with the children, <clears throat> one of the things I've found is that uh, when they come on the line, it's the same thing. I'll separate the kids from the parents. And then here's the thing. I'll tell the kids, I said, look, we're going to treat you. I'm going to treat you like a man or I'm going to treat you like a young lady. So I need you to uh, act that way, listen to me, and uh, and take the instruction. And a lot of times the kids show up and they've got their iPads in their ears or their iPods, whatever it is, listen <laughs> to their music. And they're just, you can tell that they're really miffed about being there, about the whole thing, got drugged there by their parents, have no interest in this. You know, they... They're sitting in the chairs with their, you know, the video game thing and stuff, and they, they just want to do it. But we get them on the line, and we start. I start treating them like a young adult, and this may be the very first time they've been in a situation where they've been given something to do, some goal, some something to uh, to work at, and they're being perceived and treated as adults, as young adults. And it makes a whole sea change in their way of thinking. Those kids that were that were grumpy or, or you know, very, uh, uh, they didn't want to do it. Anyway, by the end of the day, I'll be talking to them on Saturday. I'll say, okay, let me let me see a show of hands on everybody that's going to be back tomorrow. And the kid will whip around, look at his folks, say, can we can we come back tomorrow? And the parents say, look, we only did we we only put in for one day because we figured that's all we're going to get out of him. And I said, I'll tell them, I said, come on back. You guys come on back. Bring him back. And uh, by the end of the weekend, on Sunday, when he gets his patch, uh, I'm telling you, man, it's not just a small change. In a great number of cases, it's a huge life change. And the reason I know is because they tell me. The kids or the parents later will tell me. They said, look, that was a that was a complete sea change in his attitude or her attitude and 
and then I'll see them back. I'll see them returning. And uh, to me, because this is a nonprofit organization, we don't get a penny. To me, that's where uh, that's where the benefits are, the immediate benefits are for my uh, donating my time for instruction. You know, I think you're hitting on something very important. I think what you're giving a lot of these people, not just the kids, but certainly the kids, is pride. And I think that we've been lied to in this modern, like, feel good, everybody's the same age, that pride's a bad thing. I don't think pride's a bad thing at all. I think false pride, arrogant pride, is a bad thing. I think being proud of an actual accomplishment is something that's been robbed from our youth. And when you, you say, like, okay, you don't just get this for showing up. You have to follow the instruction. You have to conduct yourself a certain way. And then you have to do it in the end. You have to prove it out. And then, yeah, you get this 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 recognition for it. It's earned pride. I think that's huge. Absolutely. And it fits in. This ties in with the overall goals uh, of the program and the overall methods that we're using. When you And you're right about the false pride or the... Uh, uh, everybody wins, it, you know. Everybody gets yeah. a ribbon. Everybody gets a medal. That crap. Yeah, the uh, the kids who uh, who have a ton of the uh, what is it? Not the self importance, but the uh, you know how they feel about their self, their uh, smugness. Uh, well, they you know they were doing the uh, they were doing the polls and stuff on the school kids and found that the the kids, uh, like American kids, had the, the highest self-esteem, but the lowest scores. Oh. You know, yeah. So the the, the kids who are, uh, you know, who are thinking that way, uh, and like you said, getting the uh, the non-red uh, X's and getting the trophies for everything. Uh, is, this is a completely a completely different program than that. And what we're trying to do is. The Appleseed Project, in at its basic form, is like a huge Paul Revere machine. And what we're trying to do is, well, you know, we've sent the riders out already. The riders have gone to the different states. And they're trying to wake the sleeping Americans up and get them off of their couches. And get them to understand that the president is not the government, that their senators and their congressmen are not the government. The, the alphabet acronym agencies are not the government. The government, I'll tell them on a Saturday or Sunday, at least a small part of it is standing right there in front of me, and that's clearly spelled out in the Constitution. They are the government. They have to understand that. They have to understand that they have a sacred responsibility, a sacred, non-delegatable uh, non-endable contract to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation provides them. That means that they can't uh, delegate this to their father, their mother, their sons, their daughters. They can't say, well, my son, he usually pays more attention to, to what's going on than I. I'll let him, you know, let him worry about it. You, you can't do that. And you certainly can't Delegate it to your senators and congressmen, right? Because (laughs) that's how we got in the problem we're in right now. So they have to understand that they have to find a way to plug themselves into this and become a part of this. Now, a lot of times, 
Well, let me tell you, the Appleseed Project, the reason it's named that is because, uh, you know, you had Johnny Appleseed. And he went out across the nation slinging out seeds uh, to grow apples. And what he didn't do was put a seed in the ground and then lovingly cover it up and stay there and water it and watch it and and watch it grow. And then after, you know, eight or nine years, stand beneath it and pluck the fruit out and put it in his mouth for his own satisfaction. He didn't do that. Uh, he had a mission to perform, and he didn't have a lot of time to do it. And what he did was he went out and he slung the seeds out. Some of them uh, fell on fallow ground. Some of them fell on rocks or sand and, and desert, and they perished, and they, they produced nothing. And some of them fell on uh, on fertile soil, and they got a little bit of rain and sunshine, and they grew, and they produced. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to get out to as many folks as we can and let them know that the nation needs them, that we're in peril, and that we need their help, just like the folks on April 19th, 1775 did. Now, uh, let me hold you there because I want to I set you up for this, right? Because I think this is like I said we get to the second part of what makes you different. If you go to an apple seed shoot, you're not just going to get some of the best fundamental marksmanship training on the planet that's ever existed you're going to get a lesson in the true history of the foundation of this nation, the war that was fought, and the first battles that were fought in that war before it was even officially the Revolutionary War. Why do you feel that is so important to impart on somebody that's taking this walk towards becoming a rifleman? Because folks have to understand that they are, that they are, the nation didn't pop into existence out of nowhere. That there's an unbroken line of patriots that lead all the way back to the date that this nation was started. We didn't, uh, some nations can't tell you exactly when they became a nation. It was kind of a slow, uh, nebulous process. We can't. We can tell you the exact date, the exact hour. We can tell you who was there, why they were there, what they did, and why they did it. And that's what we do. We start off with the beginning history of this nation because we want people to understand that this nation didn't, didn't come out of uh, some benevolent, uh, you know, very easygoing armchair, 30-minute sitcom type uh, situation. It came from the, the commitment of patriots to stand their ground, to stand in ranks, to sacrifice their fortunes, their, their, their lives if they needed to, and they did in great numbers uh, throughout eight long years of a, a bloody American Civil War, and we want them to understand this. We want them to understand how it happened and why it happened and what the reason that they, they did this. They did this to safeguard their rights. It wasn't about taxes. Certainly that motivated some folks, but it wasn't about taxes. It wasn't about uh, any any lock revolution ideas or anything like that. Uh, I think 25 or 30 years after the revolution, there was uh, there was a newspaper man asking one of the guys who had fought in the revolution. He was interviewing him, and he was asking him why he fought. And he said, uh, "Was it because of the uh, the tea tax?" And he said, "No, because I really never drank any tea, and I uh, never paid any taxes on tea." He said, "Well, was it because of uh, the writings of Locke or so, or some of the other uh, high thinking individuals?" And he said, "No." Said never read any of those guys. So all we really read were church hymnals, 
And uh, he said, well, then then what uh, what made you go, uh, you know, what made you start the... Well, what made you go to the uh, to to fight against uh, the British regulars? And the guy turned around. He said, "You mean why did we go to fight?" It wasn't something that made them. He was asked, he was turning around saying, "You mean why did we go?" He said, "It was because we had always ruled ourselves. We had always governed ourselves, and they meant that we shouldn't. And that was why the war was fought. We were meant to govern ourselves." We're as a, as a people, as a we the people, we were not meant to have to go on bended knee to beg a boon from the government. You know, the senators and congressmen are, they're our servants. As a matter of fact, their job is called a, a public servant job. But it has developed into some type of, uh, some kind of protected royalty where now we have to go just like in old times, we have to go and bend a knee and beg a boon of our congressman or senator. And that's not the way it was meant to be. So what I, I completely to do is, agree, and I, I think that one of the things there that you're you're hitting on that's so important that people have lost an understanding of is that in the rest of the, call it the civilized world, the modern world, the educated world, whatever you want to call it, that no one had ever really known what it was to live as a free man to have that sense of independence. And when the colonists began to develop this new world, if you want to call it that, they had to do it on their own. And they did it for 200 years on their own because even though there was some tariffs to be paying, whatever, there was an ocean in the way between the British Empire and the New World. And these people developed this. And then as the structure developed, then the king began to put the heavy boot on people's necks and they were actually aware of the fact they did not, they were not born to live as subjects to another man. And it was one of the few places in the world where, at least in the modern world, the world of edu- you know the educated man, the man that could write and read and, and and do these things, that it was actually understood intrinsically. None of us are meant to serve another. Right and. Uh... And you know it's funny that you say it that way when you with the uh, the you were talking about the educated world you know and the the civilized world. Of course, you know we started out in the fashion of uh, of being free. You know, uh, most of the indigenous populations, you know, they they didn't have a congress or a government or anything like that. They just had their their tribal council, and it was all uh, uh, you know it was all. Uh, by, uh, you know, by voluntary. But what we try and do is we'll try and tell them, and and you will get a good uh, hour, hour and a half of American history. Uh, and we can't tell you all of America's history, but let me let me tell you, it is a it's an exciting, a romantic. Uh, uh, you know, an adventure-packed history that our nation has. It's such a rich history, and we're going to tell you about an hour and a half, and we don't have enough time to tell you about all the history uh, of our nation, but we can tell you, uh, uh, we can introduce you to it by telling you about the events of April 19, 1775, and we call it telling the story. 
And you cannot become a full instructor with the Appleseed Project until you have learned how to tell the story and to tell it uh, passionately. And uh, when I'm talking, when I'm talking to new instructors about it, I try to explain it to them. I said, "Look, there, we we need you to tell the story. The story goes from point A to point B." But there's not just one highway. There are thousands of highways that can take you from A to B. You find the path, uh, you find the stories inside that that resonate in you, and then you tell the story that way because it has to be a passionate story. You have to tell it in a passionate manner. Number one, it is a passionate story. Number two, if, if you can't tell it and make it sound interesting, if it's not interesting to you, then why in the world would it be interesting to the folks who are listening? They have to understand that the story is important to you, and you have to tell it that way. So they're going to get uh, they're going to get a good uh, hour, hour and a half of history at an Appleseed uh, uh, two-day rifle marksmanship clinic, and and I'll tell you too that most of the people who attend will tell you that that was that was really their favorite part of it was the history. A lot of people weren't expecting that. They were certain weren't, certainly weren't expecting to get the history that we provide. And, uh, and it's very exciting to them. And, and they, they understand. They, it gives them a bit more of understanding of what we're doing while we're trying to do it. And when we were talking earlier about the, uh, about setting goals and stuff like that, that's one of the things that uh, that works for the Appleseed Project is because the folks come to these events. We'll get them to get off their couches and show up at an event. We'll tell them how much we appreciate them giving us this time. And then in their minds, they'll set themselves a goal. And it's just some, you know, usually some small goal like, okay, I'm going to try and improve my rifle marksmanship. And then almost guaranteed, by the end of the two-day course, they'll have met and exceeded that goal. I mean, the logical follow-on, follow, uh, follow-on idea in their head is, okay, all right, I did it. I did it. Uh, okay, so what's next? What can I do next? And that is our goal, to get folks to say that, to, get that, to have that attitude. I did this. I set a goal for myself, and I achieved it. What can I do next? What can I do now, you know, for myself, for my nation? And we'll talk to them about that at the end of the day on Sunday. We call it the benediction. And what we're trying to do is, uh, is of course, get folks to become members of the Appleseed Project and help us to to roll this stone uphill. But they don't have to do that. They don't have to do that, but, but they have to do something. You have to do something. When you, when you come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Program, you may be – uh, you may be naive and you may think that uh, everything is fine, but once we've talked to you at the end of the weekend, you've got, you have two choices. And the easy choice is you can listen to what we say and you can deny that there are any problems and you can put your head back in the sand and you can get back on your couch and you can live your life in a 30-minute sitcom loop where you just click from one to the next, and in the sitcoms you have a an introduction of some uh, humorous, uh, you know, loving characters, and then something dramatic is introduced 
But by the end of the 30 minutes, uh, they have, uh, they fixed problems and everybody's laughing and smiling again. And then you can click to the next 30 minute sitcom. That's how you can live your life. In denial that there is anything wrong. Or, and here's the absolutely much harder choice, is you can accept that there are problems in the nation that need fixing. And the bad part about that is once you accept that, then you're bound to do something. You have a responsibility to do something. All right, so what can you do? And we don't teach, we don't tell everybody what to do because they're grown men and women. They should be able to figure this out on themselves. We, they, nobody needed to be told how to make this nation. But we will tell people that you have to do something. We'll, usually we'll give them some guidance, <laughs> but they have to understand that they've got to do something uh, in order to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy. And it can be, uh, it can be becoming a member of the Appleseed Project, which for, that was my choice because I live way out in the middle of nowhere. And after many years of banging on my TV and yelling out my window, uh, and finally I got married and my wife said, stop doing that. You're going to, you're going to explode, you know. Why are you yelling at the TV? And I said, and then I had to ask myself that question too. You're right. Why am I yelling at the TV? It does nothing. But how was I going to get involved and how was I going to do something? And uh, it just so happened that I happened to read a uh, one of the columns in Shotgun News, you know, Fred's column. And the first thing I thought when I read it, I go, who is, who is this nutcase? He's, he's, He's yelling about the Revolutionary War, and that was 230 years ago. My gosh, give it a break. And now, you know, I feel very uh, feel ashamed at that. I'm thinking I don't have time to, I don't have time to listen to, to stuff about the American Revolutionary War, to the people that began the nation, that we owe this nation to. And I ended up, uh, I ended up calling Fred and saying, all right, okay. Uh, what can I do to help? And that was uh, six years ago. And now, uh, here in Sacred Civil, Texas, uh, you know, I run the, the longest running designated Appleseed Range in the nation. And, uh, and we're doing strong, but, but we still gotta have, we still gotta have a lot more folks. So we're really heavy on recruiting. You know what you said there that really kind of struck me was that you can make the easy choice or the hard choice. And this is what I found. Yes, before you accept reality, doing nothing is the easy choice. But once you become in touch with the reality, doing nothing or trying to ignore it or trying to go backwards is a very difficult choice. The easy choice becomes action. Because you can't live with yourself any other way. And... It's like it's like the movie The Matrix. Once you've eaten the blue pill, or I don't remember which color one it was, but whichever one it was, once you've swallowed that pill and you've, you've come to an understanding of reality, you cannot in any way, shape, or form ever go backwards. It's just not possible. Right. And I know that you have a great deal of experience with that because uh, with uh, the effort that you make in getting folks to understand prepping and the reasons for it and prepping as a lifestyle – you're going to run into the same folks, folks that well, yeah. say. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you said you said that you were yelling at the TV, 
And this whole thing, this TSP thing started when I was screaming at the radio every damn morning. And I'm going, the radio can't hear me. The guy, and if they're not even going to call in, the guy on the other end doesn't give a damn what I think. He just wants to get some entertainment value out to his audience. Maybe if I actually start saying these things to other people, maybe somebody will listen. And it's been amazing what's happened once you make that fundamental change and realize, like, there's there's a purpose to our lives, and we're not living with that purpose. And only by asserting all of the rights of free men can we live to that purpose. And the Second Amendment and the right to self-defense is as fundamental as it gets, in, in my view, to living to that purpose. Right. And just as you say uh, in your program uh, about uh, being a lifestyle, it's exactly the same thing with apple seed. I'm telling you, apple seed, living in an apple seed life, living in the life of a rifleman is a lifestyle. And you're, it's a whole sea change. And the people that make that change, they don't ever switch back off. It's, I mean, some people do for whatever reason. They get sick or they, or some people just run out of gas. But for the, for the majority of the folks, it's a lifestyle change that they never really leave. I mean, you're always at, you're going to be plugged in in some way, <clears throat> and you're always going to be uh, doing something. Somehow you're going to be doing something to help uh, provide the maintenance that the nation requires. And that's what we're about. That's what we're trying to do. Now, at the very least, at the very, very least that uh, you'll get out of Appleseed, if nothing else takes, the very least you will get is the skills and techniques that are needed for you to become a better marksman. And that's one of the things that I want to uh, to really highlight for the TSP listeners because uh, – and, you know, we've been doing the uh, – the expos and stuff. I, I missed you at the last one because yeah, I was really I disappointed that you weren't there. I, I came by your booth and uh, one of the other folks told me that you couldn't attend, and I was like, "Damn it!" Because uh, I wanted to meet you for a long time, Michael. Right, and, and the same here. But one of the, one of the great things about Appleseed and uh, folks, uh, preppers, uh, tougher lines folks, is that we're actually made for each other because. The folks that uh, attended the uh, the Self-Reliance Expo were a lot different than the gun culture. A lot of the gun culture folks, they they hear about Appleseed and they go, well, I already know how to shoot. I go to the range every weekend. I already know how to shoot. Yeah. And it's hard to break into that that way of thinking and get folks to attend. Folks at the Self-Reliance Expo, a lot of them don't have experience with shooting or they have a limited experience. But what they bring to the Self-Reliance Expo is a checklist. And they've got a checklist that they bring me, and one of the things on there is uh, rifle marksmanship. And so we'll hit them up, and we'll start talking to them, and they'll say, great, yeah, that's right, that's right here on my list, uh, you know, learning how to shoot. And uh, so at the very least that the folks will get here is rifle marksmanship. Now, listen, guys, this is very, very important. And uh, learning to, and I've heard you say this many times, uh, Jack, and that is, you can have a whole closet full of guns. You can have every rifle made. But if you don't have the skills to use it, if you don't know the skills and techniques that are required to make that 
projectile hit the target, then what are they? They're no good. They, they're noisemakers and clubs. So you have to have the skills to use them. And in a situation where you're counting on that rifle to either provide you with uh, self-defense or with a meal, uh, you need to make sure that your skills are honed, that you understand the skills and techniques and what it requires to make the shot. Yeah, you know, one of the things I always loved about shooting, especially, and I think part of this is like what you're giving back to America. I grew up in like, I don't know, it seemed to me like the last vestiges of a time when a 12-year-old kid could fill a pocket up with 22 shells, walk down his own street, take a left and head up the mountain and spend a day hunting and not have the ATF called by a neighbor. And I grew oh my up gosh. and and that to me is gone today. It's just not there. And living that life as a child taught me about accountability in a strange way. If I had a shot at a, a, a squirrel in a, an oak tree and I pulled the trigger and the gun went bang and the squirrel ran away, guess what? I can't blame the gun, I can't blame the ammo, I can't blame the squirrel, I can't blame the tree, I can't blame the wind. The only thing I can blame is myself. The feedback is instant. You know whether you did the job or not. And that's an accountability level that I think that that children maybe 25, 30 years ago and back grew up with. Because part of that was I also had to come home and go, yeah, I spent all day out instead of doing chores and I didn't bring anything home. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that environment is still around in little pockets. I'm sure, maybe little places in Pennsylvania where I grew up, not where I grew up, but somewhere near there, West Virginia, places like that. I'm sure there's parts of Texas where a kid could take off and shoot jackrabbits, and no one's going to care. But those areas used to be wide and, and everywhere, and they're not there anymore. And it takes something like an apple seed to bring that back, because when you're when you're shooting your AQT. And the the rounds don't land where they're supposed to land. You don't. There's no thing. There's nothing you can say other than I failed. I'm going to try again. I'm going to do better. And if even like when anti gun people ask me what is special about guns, it's not just about defense. It's not just about food on the table. It's also that level of absolute accountability. You cannot replace it with just about anything else. And because it's not just accountability, it's a responsibility. The very fact that it's a life-threatening implement, it's a right with a commensurate responsibility. And when those two things come together, they create an integrity in a person that I just don't think exists otherwise. And I don't mean to offend anybody that's you know of the non-gun persuasion. I'm just telling you, once you've experienced that, it's very difficult for anybody to ever tell you it's not that way. That's right. And when the... Like you're talking about, when I grew up, I grew up early, and when I grew up, uh, I did that. I would go off uh, all day long and come back, and uh, and you know there were there were there were only a few rules. One was you don't shoot something you're not going to eat, and the other thing was, uh, uh, of course, don't shoot any bottles. <laughs> but uh, I grew up early shooting. Uh, everybody I knew did. Even the girls, all the girls grew up shooting too, all right? Now, I still live early, but I'm telling you, the number of kids who have ever laid a hand on a firearm is uh, almost uh, zero in most of these cases. And here's the problem with that. These uh, kids are growing up now, and they're not uh, 
and never touched a firearm, don't know anything about it except what they've heard on CNN or something like that. Uh, in a few short years, they're going to be 18, and they're going to get to pull the trigger in the voting boots. And uh, if they've never touched a firearm, if they know nothing about it except uh, what they've heard from uh, from the mainstream media, they don't have a dog in that hunt. Maybe maybe it should be better if only the government had uh, firearms. Maybe that's good. Okay, let me vote for that. So the heritage, and America has a heritage of of shooting and uh, and firearms ownership. And the other thing you'll get at an apple seed that we we really don't uh, push, I think, as much as we should, is you get a rock solid foundation in safety. And uh, and after two days of it, it's pretty ingrained in you. Uh, always keep the muzzle in a safe direction. Do not load until given the load command. Keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and ensure those around you are following the safety rules. Now, you do all four of those, and it's going to be really hard to get shot or to shoot somebody else. And once that's ingrained in your mind, then that's the way you treat the firearms, no matter where you are. And and we really push that, and we really ingrain it into folks. So you get a rock-solid foundation of safety. That means that uh, when this kid, when he comes upon a firearm somewhere else, He's not going to grab it and start uh, twirling it like a baton or, or grabbing, squeezing the trigger and stuff like that. Hopefully he's not. He's going to remember the safety rules. He's going to treat it that way, and and that's very important. And uh, and getting the kids involved is very important. And uh, and like I said earlier. Uh, for the TSP folks, that if you end up in a situation where you have, uh, where you've got a rifle and you have 50 rounds, then you better be in a position to where, where every single time you squeeze the trigger, that round goes into whatever you're shooting at, uh, because every 50 of those rounds have to they have to make sense. They have to work because you're not getting any more. So it's very important that you learn your shooting skills now. Well, you can still go to Walmart and grab a 550-round box of uh, uh, 22 caliber shells uh, for 19 to 25 bucks, and you can learn the skills and techniques now that you may need it at a at a later date. Now, I'm not talking about uh, shooting at the government. Appleseed is not a, a deterrent organization. That means we're not teaching people to shoot so that we can force the government to do our bidding. Uh, that is, that's not our message, and that's a, a very silly notion. But what we're teaching folks to do is to shoot uh, in order to hand down the heritage, and if there is some reason you need to shoot uh, for any other reason, so to, to get game for the table, uh, if you need to... Uh, defend the nation at some point or defend your home and family, then you need to know how to shoot. can't just, uh, you can't do like the uh, the Iraqis and the Afghanistan folks and just, uh, you know, point it around the corner and, and, and squeeze the trigger. You've got to be able to make sure that you know where every round is going to impact, and that's what we're going to teach you. We're also going to teach you guys, too, that I know a lot of folks go to the range, and they go every year, 
or they go a couple of times a year and they they put their targets up at the range and they they go through a box of 20 rounds and they go down and they look at the target and there's some holes in it and there's some holes that aren't and I see this all the time I see the folks looking at the targets and they and now they're kind of confused because they don't really know what to do next they've shot their rifles and some of the rounds hit and some didn't but what what do they do about it? What, you know, what's the protocol? What do I do now? I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I'll load stuff up and go home. Maybe come next week. We're going to relieve you of that confusion. We're going to teach you how every time you shoot that uh, you'll, you'll never go down range again without getting data from every single round you shot. We're going to teach you how to zero your firearm correctly. We're going to teach you how to, uh, how to use all those little knobs and uh, and the screws and buttons. You won't have to look at that. Think about it like being voodoo anymore, uh, about touching the knobs. Don't touch the knobs. I don't know what that does. We're going to teach you how to uh, adjust your rifle, adjust your sights. We're going to teach you on what you should be working on. When you go to the range, you're not going to have to wonder what to do because we're going to give you uh, enough of a uh, like a homework list for the rest of your life. You'll be going to the range, and you'll know what you should be working on. <laughs> Absolutely. For the person that's been listening, Michael, and they're like, okay, I'm ready. I want to go. Uh, what do they need to bring with them uh, if they're going to go to an Appleseed event? All right. The number one thing is a teachable attitude. Uh, that's the absolute number one thing. Because I'll get folks to come to the event, and I'll be going through the very first thing, which we teach you about it, which is slings. How to use a sling. Sling isn't for carrying a rifle. Sling is for making a steady shot. We'll start to tell them about the slings, and the people will go, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not, I don't use a sling. And I look at the guy, and I say, you know, the course is only 70 bucks, which means you're getting it at uh, five to seven times less than the price of, of almost any other two-day rifle course. But that said, if you don't want to listen to the instruction, or you don't want to you don't want to use the uh, the skills and techniques you were teaching, then why are you here? Because you could be doing the things that, that you want to do back in the garage or back at the range. So while you're here, listen to what we're saying. You know, if you if we're going to tell you about the swing, just give it a try. See if it works better. See if it works for you. If it doesn't, we're not going to make you do anything. We're not going to make you use the swing. But I'm telling you from the experience of thousands and thousands of round shots that using a swing makes a huge difference. So a teachable attitude is the very first thing. Other than that, the the needs are very very few. We pride ourselves on being a uh, you know a rock bottom kind of organization. That means you don't have to have any special uh, firearms. You don't have to have any skill when you show up. You don't have to have zeroed your rifle. None of that. You, people tell me all the time, I want to go to an to an event, but you know, I gotta practice some first. I gotta get ready for it. There's no getting ready for it. We don't want you to. Uh, we don't want you to harden any bad habits you already have. We want you to come to the event, and we're gonna teach you everything you need to know. I have on the on the same line on a Saturday. At one end, I'll have the guy who I just got through helping him. He said, "Hey, can you? I, I got a rifle just now at Walmart, but I don't know anything about it. Can you help me get out of the box?" Absolutely, I can. I'll get it out of the box. I'll get him set up on the line. At the other end of the line, I'll have some guys who are getting ready to deploy, and, and uh, they're taking the course, 
because they want to take it before they take the designated marksman or the uh, Marine Corps sniper course or the SWAT course, any of that. And each one of those folks, from never touching a firearm to being uh, to heading to the SWAT sniper course, each one of those folks are going to get their money's worth from the weekend. We've got people that show up in a shooting competition uh, for the military for 40 years, and they learn stuff at an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. They all say the same thing. I wish I would have taken this before I got started. If you have a desire to shoot high power, you say, look, I'd like to start shooting that high power, but man, I, got no, I don't know, I have any idea how to get started, who to talk to. Come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. We're not going to make you high power shooters, but we're going to give you the skills and techniques you need to go down that path. And uh, the the requirements would be uh, uh, a rifle. It can be center fire or rim fire, and it doesn't have to be just iron sights. It can be, we've opened it up to optics. If you want to use optics, that's fine. Uh, our goal is to teach you to pick a rifle up off the ground, a rack-grade rifle, uh, put a magazine of uh, surplus ammunition in, and then shoot to four minutes of arc, which is, uh, uh, with iron sights, which is a, it's a pretty, uh, uh, it's a pretty good level. It's not, it's not, it's not one that, that can't be obtained. Four minutes of arc means that we want you to shoot 10 rounds in 60 seconds into a one-inch square about the size of a postage stamp at 82 feet, all right? 10 rounds, 60 seconds, and 82 feet into a one-inch square. And that's our goal of accuracy for you. <clears throat> and uh, you'll need a rifle. You'll need uh, your ammunition. We shoot about 500 or so uh, rounds on the course of the weekend. Uh, eye and ears, uh, hearing protection, eye protection. You'll need to bring a snack to eat while you're there. Bring a sack lunch. Uh, a minimum of a gallon of water or some other liquids per day. Uh, and really that's just about it. Uh, we'll provide, uh, uh, the instruction, the targets. Uh, if you need more information about what to bring, you can go to our website. It's rwva.org. rwva.org as in Revolutionary War Veterans Association. And uh, once they're on the home page, there's a list of tabs across the top. And uh, and the second from the left says Appleseed. You can click on that, and it'll tell you what to bring. It'll tell you where the events are. If you click on Schedule, it'll tell you where the events are near you. Uh, you click on it, it'll give you a map of the United States. You click on your state, and uh, it'll bring up a list of events in that state. If you live in one of the smaller states in Texas... In the middle of Texas, you're seven hours before you get out in any direction. But uh, in some of the smaller states, you may want to click on the state next to you. There may be one right across the border from you. And that's where you'll find where the events are. And the cost for attending, because we're a nonprofit, we've, we've kept it the same price all six years. That's uh, 70 bucks if you pre-register. And you can do that from the website. And uh, 80 bucks if you walk on. Uh, I would suggest pre-registering because that uh, lets us know that you're coming. That way, if we need to schedule more instructors or bring more gear, we can do that. We're sending folks all across the United States every weekend, planes, trains, automobiles, 
hotels, uh, you know, ship uh, equipment, everything else, uh, porta potties, you name it. So we really need to know if you're coming or not in a uh, in a pretty decent amount of time. And it's seventy bucks for men, uh, unless you're law enforcement, uh, active duty guard, or reserve. If you're in one of those categories, you shoot free. If you're a woman then uh, the charge is only $10. Uh, ch- children uh, 21 and under are $5. And uh, I don't know how you can beat those prices. So you can gab yourself and your whole family and uh, come to an event, and we can make it where it's, it's very easy for you to do. And this is something that your whole family should be doing, right? Uh I try and tell my family I'm going to shoot as many of the zombies as I can, but I might need some help, so I might need you to know how to shoot. And uh, and so we make it easy for families to attend. We'd like for them to attend. Don't worry. Like I said, we'll, if you're a family, we'll split you up so nobody has to listen to anybody else. And we'll give each person the ability to have a, uh, a pleasant shooting experience. Well, awesome, and I was just going over your map, and the only state I could find without a shoot that's coming up soon is Hawaii. So you guys really have planted the hell out of those uh, those seeds, uh, Michael. Because um, right. I remember we, when we I actually first... have shoots in Hawaii. You just don't have one on your schedule right now. Yeah, it's not on the schedule right now. That's right. That's the only one I could find, and I remember when you when you guys first came on the air with me, uh, you had a lot of shoots, but nowhere near the level of penetration that you guys do today. So. Uh, good work and uh, and Godspeed continuing to do it, man, because it needs to be done. And uh, Appleseed has been a, a great friend to uh, to TSP. Uh, blown your banner now for I think three years on the site because I believe in what you're doing. Uh, for folks that are new to the show, you'll see uh, my sponsorship banners in the right hand margin of my center banner. You'll see a group of organizations that. Uh, I promote at no charge because I believe so much in what they're doing, and that's why Appleseed is there because of the type of things uh, that you've heard today. Uh, and, and I want to thank you, Michael, for your service to uh, both Appleseed and our country. They're kind of one and the same, and, and thank you for being here with us today. Well, hey, thank you, Jack. Thanks for what you do. And folks, if you want to attend an event, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I guarantee you can find someone or one uh, one of them near you somewhere. I'll also tell you, since they're two-day events on a weekend, it would make a great piece of a family vacation, even if it was going to be more than a than a two-day vacation. And it'll be something that if I was going to do it on a vacation, I would do it at the front end of the vacation because I promise you, you're going to end up talking about it all through the vacation and those that long car trip to wherever you're going next will be filled with communication versus the kid with the earphones uh, plugged in and angry and asking, when are we going to be there? Uh, so I, I really can't recommend it highly enough. And again, Mike, anytime you ever want to come on TSP, you just have to let myself or Dorothy know, and we will, we'll set you up and have you back on. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And listen, I want to tell you, too, that, uh, that out of the Apathy Project, uh, because of all the shooting and stuff that we've been doing and people asking us for additional instruction in shooting. Appleseed teaches a rifle marksmanship. We don't we don't do anything else. Like I said, no training, no nothing else. But folks have asked for additional instruction and myself and, and uh my partner, uh, Mark Martinez, has started up a company, it's uh, battleroadusa.com where we uh, we teach uh, defensive shooting. So 
if you are in uh, the Texas or the Central Texas area, then check us out, BattleRoadUSA.com. And if you want more information about Appleseed, it's www.rwva.org. And, Jack, I want to tell you, you come on the uh, uh, on the radio show that I do, the uh, Rifleman Radio Show, a couple of times now. And I, I would sure love for you to come back. I know right now you're in transition and stuff, and you can't. But uh, when you get to, to your next uh, location and get locked in, I'd love to have you back on the oh, show. We can, we can make that happen, Michael. I can make that happen for you. I, I am... Uh, the month of September is a hugely busy month for me. Uh, basically, the summer into September is when I do most of my travel and all, but we can probably make that happen in October. I'd be happy to be on your show. And as right, far right, as right. Uh, your your new site and your new company and Appleseed, I'll make sure there's links to both of those in today's show notes. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir, because I think that the message that, that you're putting out, Jack, is so tremendously important that... Uh, that people can't hear enough. Uh, that, like I said, uh, when I was talking to you before the show, there's going to be a lot of people uh, at some point in the future. Uh, and I'm not talking about just. Uh, I'm not talking about end of the world events. I'm talking about the tornadoes and hurricanes. I'm talking about uh, you listening to TSP, the Survival Podcast, and not ending up on top of your house with a piece of cardboard on a a rope around your neck saying, save me. All right? That's what uh, that's what Jack Spirko is providing, and, and God bless him for that. Well, well, thank you, and again, thank you for the work that you do, and, and for all of your uh, compatriots there at Appleseed for the work that they do as well. And, uh, again, anytime you want to come back on, you'll be welcome. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak to your listeners today, Jack. Absolutely, man. And with that, folks, this has been Jack Spearco today along with Michael Adams, a.k.a. Scout from the American Revolutionary War Society, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, when we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way.
Yeah.